Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the YVR Remo Show. I am your host, Alex McFadden. Today, I have a special episode for you all. Uh, an in-person interview. I was so excited to have an in-person interview today. Uh, we have uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Ponty. Michael Ponty is a guy that I've had a chance to get to know really well over the last 12 months. Um, and he is a very knowledgeable real estate investor. Mike runs a Facebook group called Savvy Investor that's grown quite a lot over the last few months, specifically during COVID. And, and Mike's one of his biggest things is giving back to the community through education. And it's something that we appreciate a lot in what we do. And personally, myself, because I love sharing knowledge and educating people. Uh, so today we had Mike come on the show and I wanted to, him to talk a little bit about his most recent acquisition of a multi-unit building. Talk a little bit about what he sees going on with the market and how he looks at investment properties. And more particularly, a lot of people who are listening to our show may not be investors yet or may just be getting started in real estate investing. So we wanted to get his insight into his recommendations for investing into the market. So Mike Ponty joins us today for a fantastic episode. But before we get started, the best part of our show, my favorite part of this show is giving away one of these bad boys, the Thrive Mortgage Co. mugs. If you're listening, I am holding up this campfire style mug. It's got a beautiful orange rim. It's extra large and the feedback has been phenomenal. So we got the Thrive Mountain logo on there. Trust me, you guys are going to want one of these bad boys. In order to get one of these, you need to leave us a review. Now you can leave us any review. We like an honest review, but at the end of the day, we're hoping for a five-star review if you're loving it. And if you leave us a five-star review, make sure to send us a snapshot, let us know, and we will send you a, a one of these mugs with some delicious coffee and we want you to take a photo, so send it to us. So uh, make sure to enter. But this week's winner is uh, Azen. Oh man, I'm going to struggle pronouncing this, but it's A-Z-N. S-E-N-Z-N. So Azen Senzen. So Azen Senzen, make sure to send us your contact information. Azen says, we are Vancouver's most important real estate podcast. I'm blown away. Most important real estate podcast. Love it. As an investor, I tune into this podcast for information. And these guys just don't disappoint. Azen Senzen, thank you so much, sir, for this information. Guys, enjoy the episode today. It's a good one with Michael Ponte. I think you're really going to love it. And make sure to check out his Facebook group. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. I think this is probably our first in-person interview we've had since like June. Uh, so pumped to have you face-to-face, -face, not just the Zoom, which is cool. But we had to sit, sit COVID distance, which is always fun. Um, Mike, uh, there's there's some people, we, we did the intro so you know people know who you are and, and kind of a, a brief overview as to what you do. But one of the reasons I had you come down, Mike, is because we've had a chance to connect quite a bit over the course of the last six months or so. For sure. I mean, we, we met a long time ago actually at the gym on accident, which is hilarious. Yep. Um, before even knowing that we were in the same industry and uh -huh. then um, kind of by accident had a chance to have a coffee and then throw in a seminar about six to eight months ago, which is a cool experience yeah. and had a lot of fun. But that's that's where I learned that you're a big educator. Yeah. And your your expertise. And we were just chatting about this in real estate investing is actually 
it's the investing part for sure, but it's in educating and connecting people with the knowledge that they need. So um, yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Mike, you are from which company? Uh, company is Prosperity Real Estate Investments. Um, been investing for roughly around just under 20 years right now. Um, cool. We got our Facebook group, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. It's called Savvy Investor. Um, so for those that are kind of listening, definitely check it out. But we'd love to have you. But again, it's really focused on the educational side and trying to help people you know, learn this this world called real estate investing. And there's lots of information out there. And for us, we just like to share. So Yeah, and I think this, this uh, interview is really timely because, uh, Mike, to your point, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show now, you know, obviously we're, we're post-COVID at this point right now. Sure. We're, we're figuring out where the new normal is. The industry is, is going crazy in so many different ways with low interest rates and sales and so forth. Yep. But uh, it, we've had a chance to kind of find a groove, if you will, in the space. Yep. And I think the investors are starting to find the opportunities uh, as they are today or as they have been over the last few months yep. and where they might be going now yep. that things are kind of settling in. Yep. Um, you know, I really wanted to have you come down and give us uh, some feedback as to where things are at today from an investment standpoint, mm -hmm. some of the opportunities are yep. and where they might be going as well as maybe we can go over a little bit of uh, if someone's listening to this their first time, they're yeah. just thinking about getting to the market, where they would start. So why don't we just start off with a little bit about um, where you're currently investing today. I was just talking about you. Because sure. I know you just closed on a deal recently. Yeah, we're just closing on a 12-unit apartment building, believe it or not, in Edmonton. And it's just a fantastic project. And, and um, uh, so Edmonton's still kind of a market that we still pay really close attention to. We really like Halifax. New Brunswick's are, are another market that we really uh, see a lot of interest. Um, there are places in, in Ontario that make some marginal sense unfortunately the cash flow is just not necessarily there so i'm a big believer when it comes to investing in real estate there's properties have got to have some type of an equity position which means you know you're trying to buy some a property with a little bit of equity that meaning some maybe form of distress so if the market is here you know we're going to be looking at kind of a, a little bit of a price variance um, but the big one for us as an investor um, we the property has to cash flow and so for us that's a really an important piece um, so when i teach or share or i work with my investment partners any project that we pay any attention to or that, that has that we have any interest in is like a small business, any business. And so you never buy a business that doesn't generate any income, doesn't really make any sense. And we treat real estate exactly the same way. So when we're buying a piece of real estate, what's the profit? How is this thing gonna be making any money? So we look for markets that have kind of a future, not necessarily a past. And more importantly, the business itself or the real estate transaction is generating some, some form of income because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So Yeah, so we talk about, so you hit Edmonton, you hit Halifax. Yep. And Edmonton has, let's just talk about Edmonton for sure. a minute. I think that's been a little bit of a, I don't know, depressed market, but Very it's been a market so. that's been pretty stagnant for a few years now. And we do hear of a lot of investors going there still year for over sure. year. It seems to be that way. Um, one of the drawbacks, obviously, is the appreciation value may not be coming in, at least not in the short term. Correct. Although we hope it does in the long term. Yep, for sure. Um, do you think that, that uh, I mean, just from people that are on the West Coast, there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast from Vancouver and yep. surrounding areas. Absolutely. Like, how are your feelings towards that, not having the appreciation, at least recently, and being more depressed right now? What, what is your outlook on what Edmonton's future is going to be? And does yep. that even have a play? Because you just talked about cash flow as your primary Correct. thing. Yeah, correct. And so they, it's a great point because in a lot of cases for a lot of our investors, when we talk about appreciation, that's kind of almost a little bit of a speculation game. Nobody necessarily knows what the market is going to dictate. And even when we look at any real estate transaction, what we're looking is for a diverse economy where they've got lots of different types of jobs that are being created 
in migration, some growth that's actually happening, housing starts, all of those types of things that are showing some kind of stability within the economy in itself. And you're right, Edmonton has not seen very much appreciation at all. And that's why it's important when we do a lot of our analysis, we, we base it on kind of two key criteria. Number one, mortgage pay down is going to be one of the big pieces, just like any real estate transaction. That's the one thing we know we will be able to be generating when we're looking at an investment. Mortgage needs to be paid down. The bank's going to have to get paid no matter what that's going to happen. So that's something that we know and can have clarity to because that's going to happen every single month. The second part that we can have some reasonable understanding with is the income stream. What is the rents going to be? What is kind of the purchase price? What are the, some of the expenses? We will know what those expenses are. And more importantly, what would we know what the market rents are going to be? So at the end of the day, we'll see exactly what that property is going to be spitting out cash each and every single month. So we have those two main nuggets. And to me, those are the most important pieces because if you've got control and if you have clarity between both of those, it can ride out any type of recession whatsoever. If the property is generating cash flow in a stagnant market and is putting money in your jeans every single month, that property is being paid down every single month. If the market even goes up 1% or 2%, that I call is the cherry on top, the, the appreciation. That's what I reference. You know, I always use the analogy that uh, real estate investing is like an ice cream sundae. The mortgage pay down is the ice cream. Then you've got the cash flow, which is the chocolate sauce. And then the, the appreciation, that's kind of the cherry on top. And you're right. The guys here in the West Coast, I live in Vancouver as well in Langley, right, right not far from you guys here. And, uh, you know, we're seeing market appreciation going over and over and over again. And it's really just continuing. But the problem is we've seen it been appreciating since almost 2001, 2002, constantly. And so that's kind of the expectation. You've got a generation where you're seeing that people's appreciate, properties are going to appreciate between you know, 10, 12, 13% per year, and they think that's the norm. But when you look at other parts of the country, that's not the norm. Other than Toronto, you tend to see the same type of statistics. So the concern that I always have is in these type of markets like Vancouver and Toronto, if there is some instability that's a little bit concerning. And then if for people that are buying properties that are not able to sustain themselves, that's where trouble starts to kind of come in. And we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of that stuff happening down in the States back in yeah. 2008, 2009. So, yeah. so, so, I mean, that was a great breakdown. Thanks for sharing that. No problem. And, and I think people can pull a, a few tidbits as to your, your, uh, your, um, idea towards how you invest and what you're looking for and your company looks for. So let's go back to the investment that you just closed on because yeah. that's always exciting. Absolutely. So a 12 unit apartment building yeah. in Edmonton. Yep. Uh, so first question, because I know people are probably wondering this, yeah. how do you find this property or where do you look for yeah. these properties? So, so for us, it, you know, we're, we're looking kind of for that diamond in the rough. And so just, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier is just making sure you have a good network of individuals that you want to be talking to. Very it's important. so important. So, you know, we've got a network of great realtors, mortgage brokers and lawyers and and we really reach out to our to our contacts and we just let them know these are the types of properties that we're looking for. So like this particular project that we acquired, um, there's eight units that are two bedrooms, which are very ideal. They're very large. So they really focus on kind of more of that young family uh, um, clientele that we were looking for. And then four of those units are basement units or batch or single bedroom units. And so again, these are more student based. So we've got a really good mix within this building in itself, but this project here was done very well. This is a second generation owned apartment property has been completely paid off very much under rented. All the units have been renovated, brand new roof that costs like $55,000 to put on, new windows, everything. And the problem that he had here is he just had the rents way too low. So it devalued on his building. He just didn't necessarily know it because he just really was an unsophisticated investor. 
we were very fortunate that my realtors come up and said, hey, listen, this thing is going to be coming up for sale. And it was more of a one-on-one discussion. And uh, yeah, we bought it within about three hours of having kind of a, an open dialogue with the, wow. with the seller and just been able to capitalize that. And so, so how, uh, three hours, that's a quick turnaround. Very much so. How much, so you only had three hours to actually do the research or was it a three hour decision in regards to actually going forward with three it? hours to put an offer in and, and to get it secured. So okay. sometimes um, some of the strategies that we tend to use is like, if we, you know, we, we know our numbers very well. And that's one of the things we kind of highlighted even earlier on. It's sure. just like, know your numbers. You need to understand it, have, have a little bit of knowledge about what right. you're doing. But because I've been in the game for so long, you know, we've been paying close attention to what the types of projects we're looking for, the types of numbers we're looking for. So when we did some kind of quick analysis on what the numbers looked like is like this one sticks out and there's future, a significant future opportunity with this particular project as well. So we presented them with an offer, which we thought was very, very um, good for us. And actually for him, it was kind of a win-win scenario and it worked out well for all parties. Um, You know, even in the very, very end, as we're closing this, um, our seller actually didn't want to sell anymore because he came to the realization he made a very big mistake in his his valuation, and he was actually trying to get out. But we did secure the property. And perfect, it's been done, perfect. So. And so I imagine that uh, for your team, when you're doing this, you have a, a specific type of analyze uh, analyzer tool or a series of uh, tools that you use to analyze this. Is that fair to say? That is absolutely true. Yeah, perfect, so, perfect. Yeah. And are you looking at primarily current rent or projected rent in your circumstance? So when we look at our analysis, I base any of my details to my investors or even to myself is based on current rent. So we wanna have a snapshot of current reality. And so the numbers that I was talking to you about before is what's the property cash flowing? I look at it based on what the current reality is. So I know once we take it over, this is what this property is going to produce and it should do well. Now with the understanding, there's a budget and there's a plan and there's a focus and an exit strategy that comes along with that project as well. Yep. And what is the future opportunity that we're paying close attention to? So there is a plan, yeah. but what we wanna know is what's happening today. Yeah. And then more importantly, what is the plan to execute yeah. a, a, an increased valuation, yeah. be it three, four, five, or even a year from now. Sure, so so real life situation here, one of the challenges that a lot of tenants, or sorry, not tenants, I should say landlords are facing right now is with COVID. Uh, there were a lot of rules and restrictions around, you know, raising rent yeah. and I'm not sure what Alberta was doing, but, uh, potentially raising rent as yeah. well as, uh, you know, moving people out or quote unquote, kicking them out of their units For and so sure. forth. And I don't know, you're not trying to necessarily displace people, but if you're doing renovations and changing a building quite frequently, you do need to end tenancy at a certain point. So what does that look like for you? Is that a concern, uh, purchasing a, an apartment building like that? Uh, right well, now, for or? me in some of the markets, for example, you referenced Alberta that, uh, there really isn't, we don't have the same strict uh, regulations as we do here in BC or even in Ontario. So um, some of the tight rules in regards to rent increases uh, here is roughly about 1.4%. In Alberta, it's infinite. We can raise it as much as we want, even 100% if we really wanted to. Um, And in regards to ending tenancy, that's not an issue. They did do uh, a freeze of roughly around, I think it was 60 days at that time. And it wasn't really a big concern. Um, But it goes right back to, um, you know, when you own a a piece of real estate as an investment, as a business, you got to also remember your tenants are your clients and your customers. and, And that's where maybe a little bit of a shift needs to be adjusted. And so when you are, when you own real estate and you've got tenants, 
you know, you need to try to create, you need to have a clarity of what your culture is going to be as well within your own, within your client base. Just oh, really? Like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Just yeah. like a, a, like a team or a company or well, something like, like that. Just like a company, so like, you know, yeah. for example, you, you know, you, you communicate accordingly with your clients, you're doing it right now and you're talking to them and just sharing some information with them. Yeah. And we do the same thing in return. We not, you know, we look at our investors as our clients, but our actually most important clients are actually our, our, our renters, yeah. you know, so our renters are the ones that are paying us each and every single month. So we want to make sure that they have a good experience you know and it's not like that we're going to provide them with all the fixtures and everything that they want but we got to treat them with true respect and, and understanding and clarity so even during this time with covid as soon as this all hit we definitely were lots of communication with our investor clients uh sort of with our renters and just say listen if you're stuck and you're in a, in a rough position here's some supporting places where you can get some extra support if you're having some challenges Reach out, reach out to us and our management team, and we'll find a solution one way or another and working with them. So what happens is in a situation where, you know, you hear all these ugly stories and it happens like, you know, you know, rent evictions and all these things. More often than not, it's just because they've not done a really good job in creating that kind of positive culture from from with their with their customers or their or their yeah. renters, and that's why you get that kind of reputation as you know we're landlords and that's landlords, yeah. right? Yeah. So I hate that. It drives me crazy, which kind of goes back to why we ch- want to teach and educate. It's just like we as a group, as investors, you know, you own one property or hundred properties. We all need to do a better job in regards to getting that terminology slumlord out and trying to have a little bit more better respect with our tenants. So, so we got Mike. We got to stop right now because that's like a it's a mic drop moment for me. Uh, well. <laughs> It's not a realization for me per se, but it's something that's not talked about enough. And uh, in, in in so many businesses that you see fail or have struggles with, uh, you know, retaining their client base or, or or growing their business, one of the biggest challenges they're not considering the end user, they're not considering the client on the other end of the equation or the patient or the Absolutely. member or whoever it is. It's about what's what's helpful for me as the company. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people, uh, whether it's intentional or not, think about uh, I'm you know I'm a landlord. I need to get my rent. I need to get paid. And that's what is and that's fair to a degree because it's an investment uh and and so forth but we have to remember that we're in a human business and we're, we're working with people absolutely uh, which is huge so if you're listening to this right now and uh, obviously you are because <laughs> you heard me just say that wow um i think you need to pick that up right away and think about that if you're thinking about getting into the investment game or any business for that matter is always think about what is the experience for the end user it may not always be perfect but you can always get better and just remember that right um that's great feedback mike thanks for sharing no that problem Let's let's move forward a little bit and talk about where some opportunities lie. So so a lot of the people on our show who listen to our show are are just getting to the market. Some people are real estate agents. Some yeah. people are from different parts of, of the of uh, the industry. And yeah. and the most common questions that I get asked are where right now where is the opportunity? Yeah. So Mike, uh, we are about I guess four months post lockdown. Sure. Thankfully, hopefully not. We're going into another one. And my question for you today is, is Mike, where are the primary opportunities for someone, I'll be more specific here, uh, who's maybe a first or second time sure. investor and, and maybe not ready to get into the multi-unit? Where, where should they be looking today? Are we talking about markets or are we talking about pro- types of properties? Maybe you could start with the markets and then we sure. can move into property yeah. types. So right now with COVID, and, and this has been an interesting uh, piece, and, and you know, we talk about kind of education, and this is one piece that we spend a lot of time in is research and understanding the kind of different markets literally across the country and in some cases North America as well. And so some of the key things that we pay attention to is GDP growth, unemployment rate. Um, We're looking for uh, immigration, immigration, uh, average weekly earnings, affordability. So we're looking at a lot of different statistics. And and for the most common investor, that's just like, 
It's just overwhelming okay. for a lot of people. We yeah. get that and understand that. But the challenge that we face right now is we've never seen a situation like this in, in well, since I, yeah. I mean, I'm 40 years old, I've never seen anything like this where statistics is literally out the window at this point because none of the numbers make any fundamental sense whatsoever. And so when you got unemployment rate pushing kind of around that 12, 11, 12 to 13%, roughly all over Canada and every province is having this situation of unemployment rate, we've got the government kind of propping up uh, the economy in a lot of ways with fictitious, uh, you know, fictitious income, average weekly earnings with CERB and other programs that are available there, yeah. it's really tough to determine which markets and which economy is going to do very, very well. So um, a couple of bits of advice that I would give is you pay really, really close, close attention. If people are actually seriously looking to invest in real estate, look at what the provinces, and if you are looking at Canada as a market, look at what the provinces are doing, look at what your premiers are doing and what are they trying to do to stir up the economy to get things back get people back to work and where are those jobs going to be created. And, and that's a big one is jobs. Once you see job growth starting to happen in a specific city or in a specific market, people will want to move where the jobs are going to be. So they become tenants and then hopefully homeowners. So, so, so to your point, uh, Mike, I'm gonna, I know I cut you off mid thought, that's okay. but um, I'm going to push you back on that. So let's just talk again, because so many of our listeners are on the West coast. We yes. do have some, I don't want to forget about you guys in Ontario and Alberta, but no, no, we're talking about West coast today. Yes. Um, are there any opportunities on the West Coast or in BC as a whole? Absolutely. So th what I was going to reference is this, is there's opportunities everywhere. There really is. And sometimes we just need to open our eyes to this. The one piece I think there's going to be some pretty big opportunities is actually out in the Fraser Valley. You're going to be seeing stuff in probably on the island and you'll be seeing stuff continuing out up into the interior, be it in Kelowna. So um, the Abbotsfords, the Chilliwacks, the, um, be it in the Kelowna market. And I think the big thing that's going to shake things up a little bit is with everything that's happened with COVID, um, a lot of people have that ability to now work from home. Well, a lot of people live relatively close to where they work. That's why they've initially lived there. But if people are starting to uh, identify and companies are say stating, hey, listen, you're going to be able to work from home three to four days a week. Well, they may not want to live in Vancouver anymore. They might just say, listen, I'm not going to spend a million dollars on a condo that's right downtown Vancouver or that same amount of money I can get out in Chilliwack for maybe $500,000. So, and again, don't quote me exactly on the numbers, but the reality is people will be much more willing to go outside of their main center because it's all about affordability, keeping more money in their pocket. So if they're we've, more- We've seen that recently as Very well, much so. so. And, and I'm sure that trend will probably continue because there's lots of companies right now that I'm talking to and hearing about that are just like really questioning the amount of square, square footage space required in their office when they can actually be effective working from home. And for people that are working, this is very accommodating, especially with families and other things. So, so the argument quite frequently, um, not for me per se, but just generally speaking that I hear uh, is that the uh, the Fraser Valley is outpriced uh, from an investment standpoint. There's not very much cash flow Correct. as well as uh, it, it also in Kelowna. Uh, I mean, Kelowna's Same thing. Uh, the cost of, of living, depending on where you are, is actually uh, relative to incomes, actually higher in Kelowna than in the Fraser Valley in many circumstances. So, so, but you did reference that those could be good place to invest. So what type of investment would someone be looking for? Well, well, those ones really are kind of like your buy hold strategy. So something that would have maybe an upstairs suite. So if you're looking at a single family home that has the ability to have multiple streams of income, so you can get kind of like a, um, 
a garage, uh, you know, you see these things down here in Surrey a lot. You're seeing an upstairs suite, a downstairs suite, and then you also have a suite in the garage. You can see some, anything that has more multiple income streams, those will get closer to cash flow. And you're right, cash flow here in the lower main is very, very challenging, almost non-existent. So some, you got to be really, really careful when you're paying close attention to what is it you're wanting to accomplish. And it goes right back to what are your, some of your investment goals. Um, so looking for markets that, you know, for a lot of people that are investing in the lower mainland, you know, what's, what's reasonable for them is just getting it to break even. And maybe that is reasonable for people. So looking for those types of income streams, multiple income streams that it can support the asset or the property itself and hopefully cover off a lot of your expenses. Uh, another market is maybe even mission as well. It's another market that is not really necessarily talked about too much, but again, it's getting people starting to come from be it Vancouver or Burnaby and starting to look outside okay. into the Fraser Valley. So, so multi-units in some capacity is what you're S suggesting. Multi-suites, I guess multi is the best okay. way. Yeah. Multiple suites. Okay, that makes sense. Um, no, good good feedback and, and good to hear because I think a lot of people, I guess, in, in Lower Mainland are thinking, well, uh, should I go to the interior? Yep. Should should I go to the island? Uh, speaking of the island, I'm sure you've had people ask you about it. Are there any particular cities that, that are are looking good as far as growth and, and, and so forth that like you just suggested? Um, I don't, I'm not really that familiar with the island to okay. be really honest yeah. with you, but if there was one specifically, it'd probably be Nanaimo would be the one that's sticking out a little bit for me. So yeah. interesting. We've had some conversations with some folks there and, and definitely uh, curious to hear that. So, um, so Mike, again, really, really good feedback in regards to what your principles are as far as cash flow and, and looking at the multi-unit uh, properties and your thoughts on, on the growth of the economy. Yeah. Um, you know, if we have someone today who owns a piece of a real estate and they're, they're starting to wade the waters and looking into real estate investing. Um, where where should they look and who should they turn to typically? Like uh, maybe obviously you and it could be or your <laughs> Facebook group, but let's just be honest with ourselves and say like maybe uh, you're not top of mind in terms of the person that they're looking for. For sure, is there is there uh, a way that this person should be looking to get started? And are there particular groups of people that they should be hanging out with? Or are you just going to say, hey, come check out my group? Not that's at okay all. Too. Not at all. Like to be really honest with you, we're just one group of many that out there. And I think in this world, especially with COVID, um, there's a lot of great people that are popping up be on social media. And that's where kind of one of the places that everybody's going on right now. So you go on Facebook and, and then yeah. you go to YouTube and lots of different programs and lots of different yeah. places to go. And there's lots of fantastic investors that are that are taking some serious action. So um, for those that are actually looking to get some insight or learn a little bit more, that my recommendation is look, look for those people that are actually taking action and doing things that are just not necessarily just doing a lot of this and a lot of just talking, uh, but you want to see them actually be taking some action as well. And it doesn't have to be people that are actually just on YouTube or on Facebook or have a, you know, as you know, a TikTok or whatever the case may be. There's lots of people that you can surround yourself of like mine, and you want to surround yourself with people that are actually taking action, learning from some of those experiences, learning some of those things that they want. Yeah. And then again, when you, when you, if you, if you don't necessarily know where to go, well, this is where you can start to go out to like social media and different things and look at what some of those individuals are doing and paying Learn. attention. But the other part to this, probably no different than what will happen when, when this goes out too. look at some of the comments, see some of the individuals that are maybe actually taking action that are actually responding, maybe disagreeing or agreeing with me. And that's okay. I, I'm happy to have a, a little bit of a debate, but more importantly, I'm open to always listening as well. Listen to what some of these individuals are talking to, but more importantly, you got to feel comfortable with the person that you're listening to. Yeah. I may not be the person and that's the right fit in regards to learning from and that's okay but there's lots of other people that are out there yeah the important part is just like anything 
Who do you feel comfortable with? Do you, do you feel confident that that person that you're working with or talking with, um, you know, has a lot of respect and more importantly, is willing to help you yeah. to help you achieve that objective of owning an investment property? I like what you said, though, about uh, action takers, someone who's been involved in, in this type of whatever it is that you're yep. looking to do in the past. I think that's that's quite big and, and someone who's still actively involved sure. in that arena. Um, you know, uh, again, I, I get off so often asked on Instagram, like, hey, Alex, where do I even, where do I even get started? How yeah. do I even build a plan? And and to be completely uh, honest with you, I wish I had time to sit down with each and every individual and, yep. and tell them how to build a plan, yep. but there there's resources for that. For what, sure. Do you have a framework to what you would recommend people do if they're just kind of like, they've got this, you know, maybe they have a ton of equity in their home and they're like, holy, mm -hmm. Cal, where do I even start? Is yeah. there a framework here? Uh, yeah, I think the best part, part best part to begin with is you got to really understand and, and you know for those this we can we can spend 2 hours just on this one particular topic in itself, but it goes right back to the simplistic reason, simplistic point, what's your why? Okay. Well, understanding exactly what is it you want to accomplish? What are your goals? Look at yourself 5 years from you. I know it may sound very cliche-ish as well as you know new year's resolutions and all that wonderful stuff. But it has to start there. It really does. So when I work with any clients myself, that's always the very first question is, what is it that you want? You know, we talk about investing in real estate, but why? Why do you want to invest in real estate? Well, sure. it's because I want to generate some cash flow. I want okay. to offset some income or whatever the case may be. Okay, now I've got an idea of why you want that. Okay. So start with that first and try to get some clarity. To, if you don't personally know that yourself, um, engage your wife, engage your spouse, engage your family, have an understanding of what you, you're wanting to do. And then we build a plan of attack to try to accomplish that. So we start by understanding that part first and foremost. And then the second part is then you start to work with individuals that can maybe help support you. And you're right. You know, you can't be just saying, okay, I want to be generating around $200 or $300 a month cash flow on an investment property. And now you're expecting your mortgage broker and your realtor to teach you how to do that. That's not their job. Their job is, you know, Alex, your job is to find a mortgage for this person to help support them. But it's, your job is not necessarily to teach them how to invest in real estate. The same thing with your realtor. Your realtor is there to help sell a property to you. And they're expecting you to have that knowledge to tell them that's the right one or not. So you need to find the right individuals to help support you with the learning. And then more importantly, is you send that information to your investment team, be it your mortgage broker, and say, Alex... I'm looking for this property. This is the type of program I'm looking for. Can you help me? Okay. And that's where you work. That's 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 a, a very fair point. And I, I think it's something where um you know, to a point like I do want to help people and Absolutely. help them understand, but to your point, it could be overstepping boundaries and suggesting what for people sure. should do. And I think you're the number one thing you hit uh, when I'm talking to people is why are you investing? What are your goals? Yes. And and I think, again, that's such a big question for a lot of people. I, it, again, it's just, it's almost like being in a business. Why do you do what you do? Right. Sure. Tough question to ask, but it's the number one question that you need to ask yourself to figure out what, uh, what you're going to go from there. So, so Mike, really quickly, uh, I just want to, for anybody uh, interested, uh, talk a little bit about the the Facebook group you have. Sure. What, what's it called again? Savvy Investor. Savvy Investors. Yep. Uh, Savvy Investor. Savvy Investor. Okay. Yeah. S A V V Y Investor. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I've been a part of your group for about six months or so yep. now. I've seen a lot of people come, but one thing I've noticed is that you uh, do a lot of uh, educational content, kind of yep. like what we're, we're doing right now, and Very you have a lot so. of guests on there who are yep. investing.
investors and in very specific niches, what I, which I love because I'm even learning a lot, even cool. just listening and watching that, which is really cool. Great. So again, if you're listening to this, guys, like check out the group there on Facebook, Savvy Investor. Uh, Mike, uh, Michael Ponty is what your name on Facebook is. Yes. Full on Michael. Uh, <laughs> he runs a lot of educational content, which is, well, this is what the show is all about at the end of the day. Find the information, uh, then reach out to the professionals and execute your plan, which is fantastic. Um, Mike, any parting words, any feedback, any anything that you want to share with anyone about uh, what you're doing or what your plans are going forward? Or My plans are just... Well, with the group, uh, the, gro- the growth of the group and your company, Prosperity. Yeah, well, I think for, for Savvy Investor, for, uh, to begin with, it, you know, it is a forum where people can kind of come and learn. So, you know, to answer, you know, you reference the question, where do they go? Definitely come check it out. It costs you nothing. It's absolutely free. We bring in a lot of great content, lots of great guest speakers. Alex, thank you for being part of that as well. But it's about bringing the experts in to share some of their knowledge and, and hopefully maybe these individuals can connect with these people that they feel comfortable with as well. But more importantly is bring those that networking together amongst each other. And so they, everybody can learn from each other. And then for our company side of things, we're, we're, we're in a growth mode too for us. And so for we, you know, the old, the old saying, be greedy when fe- others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. We, we see the situation as an opportunity and we've been through a couple of recessions, obviously in, in Alberta, and we've been very successful during those times. So, you know, this could be a great time for people that are looking to invest and get started. And so if you've ever considered that, Definitely, this is a great time for you to kind of explore it and look at some of the options, be it working, you know, investing with the company or investing on your own. But this is a great time to at least get your head wrapped around it, understand it, get your team engaged, talk to the right people and see if that's the right thing for you. And so for us, we're in growth mode. And so, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. So again, uh, check out Mike's group, Savvy Investor. I think you're going to learn a ton. If you are having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out what to invest in and you want someone to guide you, Mike's your guy. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you very much for coming down. And uh, if you guys have any other questions over and above that, make sure to reach out to us here at the YBR Remo Show. Mike Ponte, thank you so much for coming down. We really appreciate you, buddy. Guys, we will see you all at the next show. Thank you for listening. Episode 34 out.